This is Jordan Edwards, and this is the Business Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. Business Jiu-Jitsu, here with Randy Brown. Uh, friend, training partner, former Mixology Clothing Company employee. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, when you were uh, just starting your amateur career, you did some work uh, for my company. I'll yeah. never forget that. I love it. You know, it's funny. One of the things that I always tell people about Mixology mm-hmm. is that being a, a local business, we have thousands of young people and employees who come to work for us sometimes for just a part-time job, after-school job, weekend job. Sometimes they stay for six months or three years. And now I have literally thousands of employees that have worked for me who are off doing these incredible things. Nice. You know, professional fighters in the UFC, but executives at companies, people founded businesses, nonprofits, doctors, lawyers. And, uh, you know, the more you, good you put out in the universe, the more that comes Absolutely. back to you. I'm, so I'm, I'm really grateful that you're, you're here today to do this. Bro, you're like a brother to me. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. You, yeah. treat, you treat, always treated me very well. You know what I mean? Even when I worked for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was always a pleasure. You always give me advice on things that I need to understand when regarding business and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I'm well, here for you. <laughs> listen, my pleasure. And I'm really excited to have you as part of this book and this project. Um... Martial arts has impacted both of our lives in incredible ways. Mm-hmm. Me, it, it centers me, but you, it's your profession. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting profession. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's a, it's a dangerous profession, but you know, nonetheless, a profession. So, yeah. Yeah. so before we kind of dig into that, um, mm-hmm. I remember the first day that I met you, you walked into Budokan in our old gym on Rockway Avenue. Yeah. You were uh, very tall. A lot of natural athleticism, very skinny, <laughs> and you walked in and said, I'm going to be a professional fighter. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I've heard countless people over the years say that. You know how many people come in and out yeah, of the gym yeah. and are going to say that. How did you know that you were going to be able to get to this level? I just felt it. You know, it's just one of those things where everybody, everybody wants to, we always, you know, in the gym we have a saying where we say, you know, everybody wants to fight, but nobody wants to fight, you know. But yeah. for me, I always felt like I've always been very driven. You know, so no matter what I put my, my mind to, you know, sounds cliche, right? Whatever you put your mind to, you can, you know, believe it, achieve it or whatever, you sure. know, but it's true. You know, it's true. Like you said, whatever you put out in the universe comes back to you, yes. you know, speak it into existence, that kind of thing. So I just always believed in myself. I believed in my ability and I just saw a goal and I just locked in. That's what you really got to do. Just lock in. I yeah. locked in. Yeah. When you were an amateur... Uh, and you were fighting on the local fight circuit over here, you had a, a tremendous amount of success. Yeah. Um, it was really exciting to watch you go from your first fight mm-hmm. and then build up this string of wins. Yeah. And you, I think you're 9-0 and in your amateur career, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you went 9-0 and in your amateur career, and then you were featured on Dana White looking for a fight. Yeah. Dana White is the the CEO and one of the, the, the head guys at the UFC and he picked you to, to be coming to the promotion. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was probably one of the best experiences of my life. To this day that moment is probably like, you know, top top five moments for me. You know, yeah. that was that was dope. He was there and the way it went down was just weird because obviously they weren't there for me. They were there for the guy <laughs> that I was fighting. Yeah. You know? And I ended up knocking him out. So when I knocked him out, you know, they came backstage and he was just like he's like hey I want to talk to you <laughs> just, and I was like alright I'm here let's talk yeah. you know? and then he said he liked my style he liked my attitude um, he liked you know the way I fought yeah. and yeah, the rest is history he brought me in yeah 
Yeah, yeah you have you have a, a great style, a real exciting style in the yeah. UFC. Striking, incredibly well rounded. Uh, one of the things that as a as a fan and friend, <laughs> they never give you the the shout outs on. Uh, and the commentating. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see you do these unbelievable throws to Raya Ghosh, submissions, and then it's like, you know, they got to they gotta give you, they gotta, guy, they're just, now they're starting to learn, but um, it's, it's been, it really has been an honor watching you on the come up. Uh, you came in, I think your first fight was in Newark, right? Yeah, against uh, Matt Dwyer. Right. That was what, 6'5 or 6'6 six, six <laughs> yeah, or something that was like nuts. that? Crazy. Yeah. yeah, we were all up there in the, in the bleachers screaming your yeah, name. Yeah. And I got a picture. I got a picture in my house, so like printed out of like all you guys in the um yeah in the crowd. Like, uh, that's awesome. Someone, someone took a picture from like up. Yeah, and it's like pointing down and all you guys. It's like I think it's you, um, Kev, just every everybody, everyone in the dojo. Yeah, we had know? we had we had a really we had a great crew there that day. But the, you know, this is the business jujitsu podcast, and the thing about business is it's a grind. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's, sure. a, it's a hard grind. And, the, and the, the reason and the thing that I love, the metaphor between business and jiu-jitsu is mm-hmm. that, and you and I were training last night, yeah. and I was in the meat grinder, you know, <laughs> getting bent and cracked in every possible direction. But that is so important when you, uh, you know, when you want to keep rising. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you Absolutely. have teammates that push you incredibly hard? I, yeah. Guys like you, right? <laughs> yeah. Guys yeah. like you. Um, everyone, man. Every everyone plays an important role. You know what I mean? As it, might, it may be, it may even seem to one person, it may seem you know very minor. Or they may think that uh, they don't play an important role in, in my training. But believe it or not, every single person, every single person in the gym plays a part in in you know in helping me better myself and becoming a better martial artist. You know, whether it be it doesn't always have to be training either. Yes, you know, it's in many different ways. You know, just them being who they are. You know, and me interacting with them and 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 just, you know, see, meeting different people from different walks of life and that kind of, kind of stuff, you know, sure. and learning from them. Yeah. So, for sure, you know, um, all my training partners push me, you know, many different ways, you yeah. know. Um, on the physical aspect, my, one of my training partners right now that, that's really giving me a tough time is, is Mike Boyle. Mm. You know, Mike Boyle, he's, yep. uh, he's coming out and helping me out wrestling, you know. So, just wrestling that grind, man. The grind is nonstop, yeah. you know, and... and I get pushed every day. It's like a meat grinder. You've seen the gauntlets. You know uh, yeah, it it's, it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's mind-blowing to, yeah. to watch what you go through. Uh, that's, that's why I love fighting so much. Nah. It's, it's the most pure metaphor for what I do every day. For sure. Sitting behind a desk and banging out emails and picking up the phone to call people mm-hmm. doesn't seem like a meat grinder. <laughs> now I know. Before yeah. I didn't know. But yeah. trust me, I know. I know. It just takes it mentally. It just drains you mentally. I mean, I'm nowhere near... The level you know that you are when it comes to business, but at the same time, I can only imagine. I said it to my girlfriend the other day, I'm like, I'm literally not doing it. I'm all I gotta do is train, and the little bit of shit that I do have to deal with, yeah, is I'm it's in, I'm just like, oh my god, this is so it's just annoying, it's just so much. So it's yeah. like, bro, I can't even focus on this, I need to just put it to the side and go go to train or something, like, yeah. And and we always fall back on what we're good at, too. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I could sit behind this desk, yeah. For hours. I mean, I could sit here for even for days wow. and bang out phone calls and emails. It's like it's a comfortable place for me. Mm-hmm. The harder part for me over the course of my career was actually getting away from my desk, going out into the world and mm-hmm. developing business. Because when you're an entrepreneur and a business person, you can get very stuck inside of the walls of your business. Yeah. It would be like being stuck inside of the walls of our gym. Um, but you go and you train 
at lots of different gyms. Mm -hmm. You go get feels from people at uh, Henzo Gracie in the city, you get feels at Belmore Kickboxing. For sure. Um, how important is it for you to get outside of your comfort zone and keep pushing yourself with new people? It's extremely important, extremely important. For me, you have to get those different looks. You can't be big fish in a small pond. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's extremely important. And you, you just want to get different looks too of different people, of how different people do things. Different people may feel a different type of way. Mm -hmm. You know, they may, something small, you may already know a technique, but they just do it slightly different. You know, maybe, you know, you, like Sensei says, he says it best, or I'm probably not going to, I'm going to butcher his quote, but <laughs> he says, you know, you take, you, you, you absorb what's useful, you yep. know, and then you dissolve what's not useful to you, right. you know, so, and that, and that helps mold your game. So I already have my game that, that Sensei has instilled in me, mm -hmm. you know, and, and from my own, from just working with him. And when I go to these other places, people show me things and some things may not work for me and some things do, and I can just add it to my game and it helps me become, you know, create my own and be my own self, you know, a better version of myself. So that's super important for me. Yeah. Like lifelong learning. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for you, it's probably the same. Like, if you, like, go and you do, you do this kind of business, right? But, you know, you may know someone that runs another clothing company somewhere else or, or other, some kind of real estate, something else, you know? Yeah. And, and you, you talk to them and obviously you can learn things from, from them and vice versa. They can learn things from you, you know? Yeah, ab absolutely. You know, my dad, who's my business partner, mm -hmm. he's incredibly tough on me. Mm -hmm. And he always pushed me, even from the beginning of my career, not to be one-dimensional. Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of friends, and there's nothing wrong with this, who they say they do one thing, they want to do it really, really well, and they dedicate all their time and energy to doing that. For sure. And early in my career, I was very one-dimensional. How could I be safe. anything else? You want to be safe, right? And he pushed me to really be a mixed martial artist of business. Mm. And he said, it's not enough to be in the real estate business. It's not enough to be in the clothing business. He said, business is business. Mm. The way that Sensei often talks about mixed martial arts is, mm. okay, well, you do jujitsu, but what happens if you encounter a grappler or a, a boxer or a kickboxer or a wrestler? You're not going to have an answer for him? Yeah, for sure. So in, in the business world, my father pushed me really hard to be able to do anything in business mm -hmm. and be open-minded. And even though if I, I might suck at it to start, but if you just don't try. And over the past 11 years that I've been in business, that's been very, very helpful for me. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and I've seen, I've seen this, the same thing with you. Uh, when you came in, you were a boxing. You were a boxer. Yeah, straight boxer. Yeah. Gold, golden gloves, I think you yeah. were. You were golden gloves boxer, and when when you came to the dojo, you were a white belt in jujitsu, mm -hmm. and you just started climbing at a crazy fast pace. Yeah, man, just that diligence again. Yeah, you know, just that diligence, and and like you said, um, not not being one dimensional. Believe it or not, doing other things yeah. that complement your jujitsu will make your jujitsu better. You know, so. Whether it be strength and conditioning, you yep. know, working on my strength, you know, fortified with my technique is just going to make my effectiveness that much better. Yeah. You know, so just, again, just not being one dimensional, I think that, that that's what helped me. Yeah. Well, so it's, fast. you know, to, to me, it's so clear uh, how well-rounded your game is. I mean, obviously I feel it every single day, but <laughs> even at the highest levels, you're throwing in the ring judo throws. You're submitting people. You're knocking people out. You're wrestling with them. You're doing jujitsu with the most elite jujitsu guys. I think that that's the foundation of a real contender. For sure. For um, sure. But, I mean, I, you know how I feel about you. And, but I, there is a very specific thing that I want to touch at today, mm -hmm. which is what I, am, I most admire about you. Mm -hmm. You had a, a meteoric amateur career. 
9-0. Yeah. Come into the UFC. Dana White brings you in personally. You win your first fight in spectacular fashion, TKO. And then, and then you lose. Mm-hmm. The first time feeling loss on the main stage. And you came back from that. For sure. That crumbles most people's egos. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, what, I'm, what I really am interested in for this book and what I, and I, I want to write about is, is dealing with that loss in such a public you know, form. All right. So for me, obviously, no one wants to lose. You yeah. know, it, it was devastating in a way. You know, being that, you know, I was undefeated. When you're undefeated, I'm young. I'm like, yeah. know, in your mind, you know, nobody can beat you because you're like, all right, I'm undefeated. I'm, I've done all this. I've finished everybody I went against, you know. So yeah. you just feel like you're the man at that point. You yeah. Know? So you, you, you lose and it's just, you're always gone. You know, it's when you're always gone, you're just <laughs> like, damn, my O is gone, you know. But it, for me, it wasn't more than that. It was just like, shit, my O is gone, you know. It's like, damn, my perfect record. Yeah. But then what are you going to do after that? You know, this is when you look around and it's like, well, my record doesn't make me who I am. You know what I mean? I mean, a loss doesn't define who I am. And it's like, what am I going to do? I still got to fight. You know what I mean? This is what, this is my career, you yep. know? So I can't just give up at that point. I still got to eat, you know, I still yep. got to live. So I just continue to grow and try to be the, you know, stay on the path. And the path that I was on was being the best that I could be and becoming the best in the world and chasing after championship gold, yep. you know? So why now? Because I lost, I'm gonna be like, you know what? I'm content. I'm here in the UFC. Let me just try to coach. No, still, I just stayed on the path of trying to be the best that I could be every day and getting better. Yeah. And it showed when I came back. You know? I think in spades, and I went through something very, very similar in my life in my career. It wasn't mm-hmm. as explicit as, like I said, uh, martial arts is so clear. You know, you're living mm-hmm. the metaphor, and sure. I have to paint those own metaphors in my life. But when I started running mixology. I had immediate and meteoric success mm-hmm. to the tune of millions of dollars. Wow. And all of a sudden, I found myself in charge of all these people. Mm-hmm. I found myself growing a business, mm-hmm. and I thought I was the shit. Yeah. I thought I had, couldn't do any wrong. <laughs> I, it was basically a 9-0 record. You know, yeah. I had an undefeated record up until that point. And I, I got, had a meeting with a, a really, really serious private equity guy. Mm-hmm. And I went into the meeting with my dad and my former business partner. And he started asking all these questions. He was being super nice to me. It was like feeling each other out in the first round. Yeah. Well, in the, in the third round, in the final round, he looks at me and he starts peppering me with hard questions. Mm. And I didn't have the answers to those questions. Wow. And he looked me straight in the eye and he said, Jordan, you're a great guy, but you don't know enough about your business. Mm. Now, that was the biggest knockout I had ever had in my life. I had never felt, I, no one had ever told me straight to my face that I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And here I am in my own, you, you said it perfectly before, big fish in a small pond. I was the only fish in my pond. Yeah. And he just, he knocked me unconscious. And I walked out of that meeting and I had two options. I could have said, F him, he doesn't know what he's, he's talking, talking about. about. Or well, I could yeah. learn. And I, and I chose to get better. And I just poured myself into every book and business and mentors and having all the people around me. And that's where being open-minded is huge, you know, for, for a business person. It's huge for martial arts. It's just huge in general for people, you know, successful people in general. You yeah. know, having an open mind is huge. You can't be one-minded or, or short-sighted, you know what I mean? You have to be able to see down the line and you also have to be able to, you know, adapt and, and be willing to learn and hear someone's perspective. Yeah. You know, something I've always heard just from a kid. I mean, 
I, I don't still don't think I know shit about business. I'm just <laughs> stepping into the world of, you know what I mean, barely. Yes. And I don't know shit, but what what I do know is because I always hear this coming up. Even as a little kid, I always hear this. It's like, you you know, successful people or rich people, they always have multiple streams of income. They never really focus on only one thing. And yeah. here you are right, telling me you're very successful. Then you're telling me it's like, you didn't, you didn't want to stay on that one path. You didn't want to just stick to what you're good at. Right? Yeah. You wanted to expand, you know, and you do multiple things. Like, you know, you yeah, got to do real estate, it's, you know, like all kind of shit, you know, so. Yeah. When, you, when you're doing many things, mm -hmm. you can never really master any one of them. For sure. Uh, you have to be competent enough to go toe-to-toe -to -toe mm -hmm. with anybody in their field, mm -hmm. but you always have to have something else that, mm -hmm. that, you, that you know that's your specialty. For sure. And, uh, and, and that's what I found to be the most successful is just constant daily grind for small improvements in everything that I'm doing, mm -hmm. whether it's jujitsu, um, whether it's my, my clothing business, my real estate business. Mm -hmm. I'm starting a technology business right now. Oh, nice. I, I, I'm starting this podcast and this book. Yeah. I don't know anything about podcasting. Uh, you're doing it. <laughs> I, I said I wanted to do it and Earlier in my life, if I thought I was going to do something, it might take me months or years to get it started. Mm -hmm. But I had this desire after after I wrote my, my first book. I said I loved it so much, I wanted to do it again. Mm -hmm. And I had this idea. And over the holidays, I said, "That's it, I'm going to do it." I booked the time at a podcast studio in New York, and I just recorded my first podcast. Bro, that is the most important thing. Yeah, taking that first step and just going. A lot of people tend to kind of just they procrastinate. Yeah, and that's the biggest they just get stuck right there at that point i'm telling you yeah. you want to do something like i tell my girl all the time literally just do it just do it that's just it. Do it you just do it and then you just keep doing it over and over and over again and you're probably not going to have success early yeah, on. you're you going to fuck up yeah. yeah but it is what it is just yeah. keep keep at it you know then then you'll learn yeah well the good thing that you have that you are going to now learn is that you have all the answers you know, don't. Through your martial yeah. arts, you have the answers. Now you figure out the business questions to ask. There you go. And you know what? What I found is even in martial arts, when I want to ask Sensei a question, mm -hmm. sometimes before I ask it, I've gotten to the point where now I think about it mm -hmm. and I say, "Do I already know the answer?" Yeah. And I'll, I'll first ask myself, just instead of just asking, asking, asking. Mm -hmm. There's this, you know, some people. There's a joke, a business joke. It says, "Don't be an asshole." Yeah. You know, so they're good. people who are always asking questions, but they, they don't even take the advice. You know these guys around yeah. the gym. They're constantly asking for business advice, constantly asking for fighting advice, mm -hmm. and they don't take it. For sure. And so I try to be very um, deliberate about my questions now. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn this over a long period of time. I didn't grow up. I wasn't born with this trait. I learned it. Um, but it's, it's just something that's so important. I, I really do see in your evolution from an observer just this incredible growth and maturity. Mm -hmm. I remember your first time in front of the bright lights having your first interview. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> I mean, you're like, I'm here to be a fighter. I didn't know I was going to have to be an actor, yeah. a spokesman. Uh, you know, so maybe you could just talk a little bit about what it was like, you know, turning amateur to pro and finding yourself with all these new obligations. Um, at first, it's, it's tough because I'm I wasn't even fully, in my mind, you know, matured as a man at that time. You know, so for me, I'm still fine. I'm still finding myself. You know, so being thrusted in the, in, the, in the light now, and then having a bunch of cameras in front of my face, and they're like, "Oh, what?" You know, they're asking me questions. It's just kind of I'm trying to be very deliberate about what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be very careful. 
about what I was saying. And even then, I'm not saying the right things. And what happened, what I found that happened to me is that I, I came off as not myself, mm-hmm. not being me. I'm like trying to be someone else because of that, you know, and that's not anyone's fault. It's just, it's just the, the moment, you know, and I wasn't prepared for the moment or yeah. maybe I was trying to be too prepared for the moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. So I'm not, it's, I'm not myself yeah. and I wasn't comfortable being myself. So I'm trying to be what I was told to be like, watch out for this and kind of be like, you know, mm. so it's a, it's, it was a little weird, but then as I went on, I started not to give, I just started not to care as much, you know, mm. after I lost and then like, and it's like, then it's like, you know what, like, I'm gonna just be, I'm gonna just do me, you yeah. know, I'm gonna just be myself, I'm gonna do me, you know, and, you know, I started to venture out, meet more people, da, 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 and, you know, and then you find yourself, you know, you end up, you know, you know where you, who you are and, and where you sit. Yep. And now I can just, uh, it just comes natural now and I can just do interviews yeah. easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's... But before, yeah, it was, it was tough. It was a hard, it was hard, it was a hard transition and not a lot of people go through that. So it's not a lot of people I can ask advice and try to figure that out that's right you know you got to figure that out on your own yes you, know? you just got to go through it yeah. you know you got to go through it and the thing that that i that i i see from the outside is just how it crumbles so many people like mm-hmm. it you don't realize how many guys just disappear yeah i mean there's so many people in martial arts in the gym in the ufc and Absolutely. in the business world and you're just they're out they're out with their normal life and they just can't handle the pressure and then they're just gone yeah and uh, so the guys that stick around for a long time and just keep grinding and grinding and grinding back, it's, that to me is the most impressive thing. Because sure. to me, that's the, the only secret I have um, that I could share with the whole world is just don't stop. You yeah. just can't stop. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You see some people, you know what it is? Especially in mixed martial arts. Like Mixed martial arts is, especially the business of like UFC. Mm. Like. You can get, you can fall into depression, man. Like I've yep. seen guys fall into depression, and guys in depression that don't even know that they're in depression. Yeah, you know, and it's a, something that just it creeps up on you. And like it, I felt it creep up on me before, you know. But I kind of like, oh, like you gotta, you gotta like try just shake, shake yourself out of that, you know, yeah. and just and just tell yourself like, all right, well, this is what I got into it for, and you gotta stay on it. And you can easily just say, but like again, before what did you say to me, you were like. You know, it crumbles a lot of egos after a loss, right? Mm. And like, if your ego gets touched a certain kind of way, if you are a certain kind of person and your ego gets like hit, like you take a big blow, yeah, it can change your whole per- personality, man. It can change you completely. And the people on the outside are looking at you; they don't know anything. They just know what you've been showing them. Yes, and they're just like, like they're like, yo, who the hell is this? Like, yeah. you know, and they're like, all right, something's something's up with this dude, you know. And they start acting weird on social media and shit. You know, next thing you know, some or some guys just they just like you said they disappear because they they want to they want to stay away. They don't want to let anyone in anymore because they felt like they were I don't want to say exposed, but they felt vulnerable and they didn't want to feel they don't like to feel vulnerable. You know what yeah. I mean? So they're like no, so they shield themselves away <laughs> yeah. from everyone and everything. And I think that's the worst possible thing that you could do. Absolutely, you know. And some guys, you know, they they try to do the opposite. They lose and then they they. They they act like everything's okay. Oh no no no! I'm I'm good I'm good I'm good. And they mm-hmm. like they, they they like compensate overly, you know. It's just weird, <laughs> you know. It's just a weird. <laughs> yeah. Thing. There's a, a middle ground, you know, where you have to understand the sport that you're in. We got to understand from your mistakes. It's, yes. Yeah. You got to just learn. Hey, this is what happened. Um, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Maybe somebody called me out on something that was, you know, in an interview that I wasn't prepared for, or. 
you know, anything, anything. And you just, you just got to learn how to just learn how to just deal with it, man. Yeah. You can't, you can't learn from someone else. I think you got to go through it and just learn from yourself. Yes, that, that is, that's one way of, of doing it. Yeah. But my favorite book is called uh, The Art of Learning. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Josh, you recommend that I, to me, actually. You, you, should, you should pick that one up. I got to get you a copy. The author's name is Josh Waitzkin, and mm-hmm. he was a child chess prodigy. Mm-hmm. And after his teenage years, he was beating grandmasters as a, as a child. Wow. And he then went on to become a martial arts grand champion in Tai Chi push hands. <laughs> uh, he won the the world in Taiwan, where it's their national sport. Mm-hmm. And then he became Marcelo Garcia's first black belt and oh, wow. partnered with Marcelo Garcia in uh, jiu-jitsu. So he's an incredibly smart person. And one of his core concepts is investment and loss. Mm-hmm. And basically, investing and loss just means learning from your mistakes. And uh, the most, the biggest example that I see, at least the most recognizable was Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy had a, also had a meteoric rise and then he gets finished by Nate Diaz. Mm-hmm. Many UF, many fighters would have lost their momentum after that. For sure. And he figured out a way to, to turn that around. Come back. And he came back. And the way that he handles himself and his bravado, it's, you know, some people like it, some people don't. Mm-hmm. The thing, his fight, I mean, he's a great fighter. Um, but the thing that I admire about him is was that moment. Mm-hmm. The moment where he lost, but it didn't break him. Sure. I, I always find that moment in people's lives, the most, every book that I read about the most successful people in the world have this moment. Absolutely. And every person that I talk to or counsel about business who have had this moment and are on the other side of it and haven't come back from it yet, they, I, I try to explain to them that every successful person ever, ever has, has had this. <laughs> so when you tell people that, yeah. they, they look, a lot of people look at it as a cliche. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you, you're just saying that to me to be nice. You yeah. know? It's like, but it's so real. It's so it's real, man. It's like, real And I think, I credit that to just extreme, extreme self-belief in yourself. Yes. That's it. That's exactly what that is. Yep. It's like some people put their their being, you know, how do you say being valid or, or validity or whatever, right? They they say that they put that on what everyone else with the on the public. Yes. You know, they find their their worth in what the public says. You know, you can't find the worth your worth in what the public or what other people on the outside looking in. You That's know, right. what I mean? you have to already know what time it is. You know, so like even me in the gym. Now, if people like me now. You know, like they haven't seen shit yet. Like they haven't seen <laughs> nothing. You know, and, and we know this, right? Yeah, Everyone absolutely. Like, we know this, but yeah. the world doesn't know that. They don't even that. They don't know you. They only know what you show them. You right. know what I mean? So you can't whatever they think. I see people write shit on the internet, and I just laugh. Like, huh, you're okay, <laughs> right? You don't even yeah. let it. It's like it's a fart in the wind. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It does not matter. So if if you have extreme belief in yourself like that I say that to say talk about Conor McGregor right go back mm-hmm. to Conor McGregor coming back from his loss and everything it's like he just had extreme belief in himself man yeah. where it's like alright I lost and you know what I want to run it back with that same person same weight again let's do yeah. it trust I, I'm, I got no excuses <laughs> let's run it back watch you yeah. know and then that's it he just believed in himself he went back and he worked and he came back yeah. and he wants to fight Khabib again he wants to do the same thing that's He's, just 
he has the the right attitude about Absolutely. most things in life. I mean, the guy started a, a, a whiskey company and sold mm-hmm. a billion dollars worth of liquor in the first year. Yeah. Uh, his his business partner is actually from the area right over here. He's a friend of mine. Oh yeah. The, well, yeah, I'm not close with him, but the very first product we ever sold on Mixology's website mm-hmm. was an Avion tequila T-shirt from this yeah. guy Kenny Austin. Wow. It was to a man. We're a women's clothing company, but the very first <laughs> my start in the business was. This guy, Kenny Austin, dropped mm-hmm. off at our old store a box of Mixo- uh, Avion tequila t-shirts. You remember yeah. Avion yeah, from yeah, Entourage? And, and for free. And he just gave them to us. And we, we threw them up on the, on the internet. My yeah. brother was the model. And the very first product I ever sold was this Avion t-shirt. I'll never forget. You're always going to remember the first thing you ever yeah. sell. And, uh, and now this guy is just unbelievably successful. And when I found out that he was Conor McGregor's business partner, I was like, wow, this guy's, he, he's a smart, Conor's smarter than we're giving him credit yeah. for because he's picking the right people around him. Exactly. Um, that guy, Kenny Austin, also just partnered with The Rock on The Rock's new tequila. Oh, yeah. nice. He's an incredibly successful marketer. But, you know, I wanted to get into team with you. Mm-hmm. You have a team of really incredible people around you. For sure. Um, sensei Nardu, mm-hmm. uh, our, our sensei. Uh, is a he's almost like a monk, a martial arts monk in, in just, a way, right? It's just like a like a, a, a unsung hero. Yeah. An unsung hero, a gem that I feel if people really got a chance to like get to see what we get to see. Yeah. Get to like just be in a room with him for a day. You know, because he's very reserved. He doesn't really, you know, put himself out there like that. Yeah. And I think if people really just saw who he was, like yeah. not like on a regular day, like how he is, he lives it. He is yes. a legit That's what I meant martial artist, a legit samurai. Like yes. He is that. He, there's no fake in that. Like no. that is his lifestyle. He's incredibly authentic. And every single time that he gives a mat chat, yeah. it's gems. It's crazy. Gems. You know, I, I try to tell him all the time. It's like the, the, the things that you say on this mat. People need to hear it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, he, he's very reserved. Yeah. And it's funny, y'all. Uh, a UFC fighter, I won't say his name, but he came to my gym. Yeah. He came to Budokan, right? And when he came, he um, he happened to walk in during a mat chat. Right? Yeah. And then he, he walked in and Sensei's, you know, he's going and he's giving his talks and everything. And, you know, just dropping gems, you know. just And afterwards, he comes up to me and he goes, he goes, he, does he always, he always talk to you guys like that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's because we're so used to it. It's just normal now. You know, most gyms, they're factories. They're yeah. factories. They're, they're just like, you know, it's... you team coach you know like it's it's just different it has that like a, a jock type of feel yes you know like yep. our gym is more of a, a school yes you know what I mean? it's a it's a dojo yes you know and and he was just like he was in awe and he was just like yeah he's like does he always talk to you guys like that and i'm like yeah and he's like man like that's really good man that's some good <laughs> stuff and it I'm is. Like, yeah and he's like yeah i want to just come back just for the talk <laughs> you know, I just come, can i just come in here at the end of every talk and just listen yeah yeah and yeah, man, it's, it's, it's incredible and I'm ex- extremely blessed and fortunate, you know, to have someone like that, you know, as a, as a mentor, a father figure, you know, and coach. Yeah. yeah for sure. And then, uh, your manager, Matt Cully, one of the other partners in the yep. gym, Matt you know. Cully, another, another guru behind the scenes, you <laughs> yeah. know, he's, he's a grinder, man, an absolute beast. Yeah. You know, he just, he puts in the work and he just constantly, constantly just going above and beyond for me. You know, for people, yeah, for people in general, he really puts himself out there. He's spread thin. He's got so many yeah, things going on. going on. But the thing that I always tell anybody that I have the opportunity to tell, I say, tell about Matt. When I was, uh, when I got my blue belt, I had those blue belt blues. I was in my mid twenties. I was growing the business. I had a big ego. It was right around that time I was telling you about where with my business. 
and I was on the mat, off the mat. Mm -hmm. It would go six months on, six months off. Yeah. I would go really hard, I'd get a stripe, then I'd fall off, and I'd put a ton of weight on. And three times in my life, Matt called me at being out of the gym, and mm -hmm. he said, hey, um, I know you've been out for a while, why don't you come back? We can meet up and train. You don't have to worry about going back to class. Yeah. When, you, when you start to rise and you haven't trained for a while and you go back and you're getting beaten up by people that you used to beat up, yeah. it hits it's the tough. ego. And I didn't know that at the time. I just would made every excuse in the book. I'm busy with work. I've got this going on, that. <laughs> well, Matt brought me in and he met me like on my lunch break and he would just train with me and help me get back in shape so I would go wow. back to class. And I haven't taken, I have not taken a week off of jujitsu in about almost four, almost five years now, yeah, since I got my purple belt. You've been super consistent. <laughs> yeah. you know? I, yeah. I remember, I remember when, when you used to like take the little, little breaks here and there, but yeah. now I, every time I show up, you're there. Yeah. You're there more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do my best to live in that gym. And when I'm not at Budokan and I travel for work, mm -hmm. everywhere I go, I bring my gear. Nice. So I'm training in all of these small towns and cities. And when I started my career, mm -hmm. I could go to Texas and there wouldn't be jujitsu for a hundred miles. Yeah. Now there's three gyms in this wow. little town. Uh, and if I go to Los Angeles, if I go to Miami, everywhere I go, I bring my gear and I just train. I find a place in the Bahamas, in Puerto Rico. Um, and it's just been one of the most important things in my life. But, um, you know, nothing is ever like the home, like home. Yeah, and the gym yeah, at home sure. and the team. And we have such an amazing, gym with like such great talent such yeah. great up-and-coming talent for sure for sure yeah. you know people like tanisha you know mm. like you've seen her you know come up you know, on the amateur ranks and all that yeah. she's she's doing her thing now she's gonna be she's entering this tournament in invicta yeah tanisha yeah. Tennant, one of yeah. our teammates is going to be in the eight woman invicta tournament really interesting style they do uh in the, in the first two rounds it's one one round one minute yeah one right it's gonna be one minute in the first two rounds and whoever wins that first minute you know yeah that wow. they win it's crazy <laughs> great so they're gonna go at it you know yeah but i'm i'm, I'm really proud of her too it's, yeah, it's so like, nice to see well you're such a great variety wide variety of, of people, people you, you know? know and the thing it's a family and i hear people say that about their gyms all the time and i can and i and i can see it you know but i just feel budokan has something different something special and it naturally weeds out knuckleheads i think yeah if you're a knucklehead and you come there it's just it just you just can't stay because you, it forces you to be away you know of the dojo and it's just like if you can't you, you just, some people just can't handle it you yes. know and they, they just gotta go yeah and it and, and we welcome everyone you know yeah and, and when you walk in the first thing it says and it's small little play but it's right at the corner of the mat is no egos beyond this, this point, point. Yeah. and I see that every single time I walk in, and I always, always try to think about that. For sure. How about the seven principles? You know, yes. It's kind of like you use that. You can use that in every day in your life. Yes, you you can. know what I mean? For me, I always used to say, I used to try to bring that in fighting and everything like that. You know, but now I'm at a point, you know, where I've learned to separate that from combat. Mm -hmm. You know, so in the ring, there is no. Honesty, justice, polite courtesy, courage, compassion, sincerity, duty, mm -hmm. loyalty, honor. There is none of those things in the gym. In the, yeah. not, not in the gym, in the ring. Right. You know what I mean? Now, outside, out, like in the gym, yeah. that's where that is. In my life, I apply it to every day in my life. When mm -hmm. I meet people, you know, just the way that I live my life, the way I carry myself, you know, for sure. But once you step in that ring, it's gone because it's kind of like protect yourself at all times. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's, 
it's a whole different set of rules because that guy's not playing as the same rules yeah. you know, as you are if, you, if you're bringing that in, in the That's for sure. with you. So, you know, in the ring, I like to say, hey, I'm a prize fighter yep. at the end of the day. That's you right. Know, there's people always, sometimes you got to have this profound thing that you want people in there. Because I get this question all the time. They say, what do you fight for? Mm-hmm. And this goes back to me back at when I just started. I was telling you, well, I was trying to say what I thought what I was supposed to say. It's like the mm-hmm. right thing to say. You know what I'm saying? Like during the interview. And now, like I said, as I've found myself and what works for me and, and being true to, to who I am, you know what I mean? I can't, like, I can't be sensei. You know what I mean? Mm. I can't be like, he is truly himself. He is like sensei. That is who he is. Oh, yeah. And he, he instilled a lot of good ways in me and, a lot, and, and the you know, way of the warrior and all that. Yes. And just good, good principles and in, in being a good human, yes. you know? And... I have my flaws and all that shit, right? Who doesn't? <laughs> we all do, right? But, um, Who doesn't? So, I say that to say this, you know, in the ring, it's just like, it's just different. In the ring, like, during those interviews, like I said, right? Someone would ask me during that, in that, during the interview, they used to ask me, oh, so what do you fight for? And I would say, try to find the right thing to say, mm. you know, I fight for a bigger cause because you're supposed to and that's <laughs> yeah. most fighters. Yeah. They, they, they're lying. Some they lie. <laughs> they lie. So, yeah. like, there's like, I fight for this cause and I don't really care about winning, you know, it's more so so I can inspire people. Yeah. And then, and it's like inspiring someone has this place, sure. you know, but for me back then I used to try to like find something to fight for. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it is I fight for money. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. At the end Absolutely. of the day, I fight to feed my family. You know, I fight to, I fight to create a better, better life for me and my family, yeah. you know, to create opportunities now, you know, to create, create, be, be able to open businesses and those kind of things and create, long-term residual after for after fighting that's the whole reason why i fight yeah and that's listen that's that's why we work yeah absolutely i mean i work i I love what i do i don't want to get it wrong like i love coming to work every day and i Mm -hmm. will work for the rest of my life i don't ever want to stop working Mm -hmm. but i could envision a a, a alternative life Mm -hmm. where i just did jujitsu all day every day yeah for sure i don't need much you know my wife always says you're a simple guy like (laughs) i'm a pretty simple guy like i i could i elect to go to jujitsu every night. Mm-hmm. I easily could be going out to dinner and yeah, drinks. Sure. And I, in my 20s, I did. That's yeah. what took me off the mat. I going on dates and it was like, I could go to jujitsu or I could take this girl out. That was like, yeah, all right, yeah. I'm going to take the girl out. For sure. Um, stabilizing my life helped me yeah. stay on a more straightened path. Well, that's what marriage does, right? Yeah. Marriage is growth. Yeah. You know, so. yeah, it's good. Um, this is awesome. Uh, you have any advanced thinking on, on business or anything you where you're trying to go with business outside of well, jiu-jitsu, outside of uh, UFC? For sure, for sure. For me, uh, I just, I did, did my first Airbnb, mm-hmm. you know, me and my brother, you know, and it's doing good so far. You good. know, it's, 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 it's above water. <laughs> you know, so that's good, yeah. you know. Um, and I'm excited. I'm really excited about that. It's teaching me a lot. You yeah. know, it's teaching me patience. Yes. You know, most importantly, time. it's teaching me patience. You know, um, I'm looking to do. I'm looking to do another one. And then I also, I want to buy a house mm-hmm. now. You know, it's probably my next move is going to buy a house here. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's pretty cool. It's it's a good experience and can be frustrating at times you know when you're not getting back what you think mm-hmm. out the gate because out the gate you're like oh yeah i'm just i'm just gonna i'm gonna do this airbnb i'm just gonna yeah. pay for itself and whatever <laughs> whatever 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 you know whatever is left over i'm gonna just pocket it yeah save it you know <laughs> it's like but it, it doesn't really work out like that sometimes you no. find yourself coming out of pocket absolutely you know you know trying to like to keep it together <laughs> you yeah. know so 
it's it's it's, it's interesting. Yeah. You know, but outside of that, I would like to. There's a lot of stuff I want to do, man. There's so much stuff I want to do, mainly in real estate. You know, yeah. mainly in real estate. You know, but right now I also wanna I wanna do a nonprofit mm. gym in Jamaica. Oh, and amazing! I wanna open a gym there. Do they have uh, mixed martial arts gyms down there now? Yeah, man. They have they have uh, a few gyms. You know, but I feel like they need they need better systems. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, because they have boxing now. There's so all the guys are strikers. Yeah, you know, incredible <laughs> athletes. Yeah, yeah, man. Jamaica has the most, uh, such a great sports tradition. It's, yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like these guys are like, and I go down there and I, and I train with them, and I maybe I showed somebody something like maybe the last time I went and I went back. Yeah. Maybe now when I went back, this is like four months later. Or so I go back and mm-hmm. the dude is like, he de- he on that that same small thing that I taught him. Yeah. He stayed with because he had nothing else other than that move. <laughs> He built so much off of that one move, like yeah. just off of YouTube and just being like creative, <laughs> insane, and he's extremely effective. Yeah, you know, and so stuff like that. I just feel like if they get a good system with some good teachers, some legit teachers down mm. there, those dudes, are, they, they'll they'll be they'll be next up for sure. Yeah, guarantee it, guarantee it. Yeah. So with Airbnb and all that, I want to be able to just. Have some guys go down there. Hey, you want a free trip to Jamaica? You know? <laughs> yeah. Just, just go train. teach, you know? You know we're going to start the Randy Brown Foundation where nice. kids could just come there and train. All the kids could train. Oh, that's you know, awesome. Like the teachers, they'll just, I'll put you up in Airbnb. You have a little vacation. Just show up yep. at this time uh, on this on, throughout these days. And all you got to do is just teach. That's from great. From this time to that time. I, I can't wait to see how that, uh, how <laughs> that, that goes. Yeah, so that'll be cool to see. You'll see how it works out. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Well, uh, really appreciate your time and being part of this uh, project. Yeah, no I'm excited problem. to. Uh, this was a great conversation. I, I really, you, yeah. you, it's you've come so far, yeah. you know, in, from when I first met you, Thank and you. it's uh, it really is an honor to watch you rise. Yeah. And uh, and I, if you apply everything we discussed today about your experiences in fighting to business, mm-hmm. you're going to be successful. For it's sure. just that grind. You know, oh yeah, you bought your first Airbnb. All right, talk to me after the, the 50th. Yeah, you know, exactly. talk to me. Like, yeah, you're going to struggle and grind and could just come out of pocket and just make it above water. Mm-hmm. You learn all the lessons on this one, carries you to the second one. Yeah, the second sure. one carries you to a fourplex apartment building. The fourplex apartment building carries you to an eightplex. Before you know it, you're going to own a, a village down nice. there. And, you know, it's, um, it's just that showing up every single day and just being very intentional with with your investing and your decision making and um, you know we're sitting in this nice office that I have right now I just mm-hmm. moved into it but you know where I started yeah, in yeah. the back of a, a store with nothing yeah, I mean I, I did I you visited my old office that we just moved from I didn't have a window for the first 10 years of my career I was in the back room of a building yeah. and um, that's what happened it took me it took me 11 years to to build this office that we're sitting in now. It didn't happen in one day. People might look at you, oh, oh yeah, of course, you're a, you're, you're a rich kid. Of course you have a, a beautiful office. No, 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 <laughs> excuse me. Uh, my friend here was in that tiny warehouse yeah. dusting. We were lifting boxes together. I mean, you know the deal. And, and uh, everybody only sees where the people are now. They don't know they don't the know come the story. up. They don't get to see the come up, you know. Yeah. They don't deserve to see the come up. It's okay. Yeah. You know, the people who see the come up are, are, are in, they're in your life for a reason. Yeah. You know, and, and those are the people that, that are gonna appreciate you. You know. Something that. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. No problem, brother. Really, Thank really you. appreciate you.